Many of you might be listening to us today from isolation as COVID and all the other winter ills do the rounds and some of you may be doing it with the kids in tow. Our parenting expert today knows all about the challenges that can bring, having just gone through it herself with her three daughters. Ellie Grillam is with The Parenting Place and is with us to share some isolation survival tips. Kia ora, Ellie. Welcome. Kia ora. Thank you for having me. Where are you at on the... <laughs> on the journey, emotionally <laughs> the and practically. We've, we've been released. <laughs> we've been released from self-isolation after a, a fortnight, uh, which seems to be common with one family member going down and then everyone's in isolation and then we have a week of waiting and then I tested positive and then there was a few more days and then the rest of the family tested positive. So it was it was drawn out, but <laughs> we got through it. And, um, yeah, it's sort of it's just the way of... Right now, isn't it? It's the moment we're in, so everyone's facing it. And you've just hit the nail on the head, is that everyone's possibly in a different situation. There's someone looking after sick kids. There's that debate over, you know, do you lock someone at one end of the house and have them absolutely <laughs> not able to come anywhere else? Uh, there's someone caring for kids and then they start to feel unwell themselves or there's someone unwell themselves and then the kids become unwell. There's a lot going on, Ellie. And, you know, what's the, what's the sort of standout? Just take a deep breath and kind of lower expectations and focus on what needs to be done. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you've totally nailed it there. Oh, isn't it amazing how helpful it is to take a deep breath? Uh, just a few deep breaths when you need um, when you need to. Oxygen is a miracle worker for our overstressed and emotional brains. So absolutely. And recognizing, yeah, that we need to lower expectations in this moment. I think the other thing we really encourage parents to do is uh, is to prioritize self-care which can sound a bit counterintuitive when we've got kids needing us and, and, and especially if our kids are sick and they, they are our priority, obviously, but so is looking after ourselves. Parenting is so demanding and parenting through sickness and COVID and self-isolation, in, incredibly demanding. So we encourage parents to prioritise looking after themselves. When we can take good care of ourselves, we are best prepared to take good care of our kids. Um, all the cliches are true. You can't pour from an empty cup. Uh, in the event of emergency, you need to put on your own oxygen mask first. Uh, it, it, it all actually um, is, is true. There's truth in here. If we're doing okay as parents, our kids are going to do okay as well. So in these pressured moments, um, and it is a pressure. Everyone's in the same house, cabin fever setting in, bumping into each other physically and emotionally. Um, it's big. Um, it really helps if we can prioritise some time for ourselves to just make sure we're filling up our own cup as as parents and caregivers first and foremost. So we are ready and prepared to um, to look after our whanau. One of the challenges now, Ellie, is that every the novelty has well and truly worn off by a long shot. And you know the days of making sourdough and the novelty of all being at home together and isn't it lovely that we're getting spent time together. A lot of that yes. has, has moved on. So is part of it actually recognising, as, as, as a parent, recognising your own emotional roller coaster and how that is um, you know, ticked off again, ramped up again by the fact you've now got the household home again? And, and, yeah. and if so, what can we do to sort of recognise, I guess, our own responses? 
Yeah, great point. I think we've, we've got this uh, saying at Parenting Place, calm breeds calm. Calm is contagious, uh, but so is stress and anxiety. So if we can take a moment as parents and, and the adults to think about our own responses and how they are affecting the atmosphere in our homes, that can be really helpful. Um, remembering that as the big people, we have a key role to play in setting the atmosphere in our homes. And um, and we're not medical professionals at Parenting Place by any stretch, so we can't speak into the health and, and uh, medical issues of sickness and COVID, but we can address some of these issues of atmosphere because they can be really helpful in, in enhancing this moment where we are um, we're frustrated, we're, we're, we're tired, we're um, disappointed, our kids are disappointed, all those big feelings. Um, having a calm, reassuring atmosphere can go a really long way there and sometimes I feel as parents we do have to fake it a little bit <laughs> fake the calm in order to uh to to have that calming presence for our kids and, and you, you know you can't actually fake it till you make it if you can if you can address that in yourself that need for calm and what you need to do to get yourself to a place of calm that can be really helpful um for our kids there's going to be some big disappointments in these moments I know that was the case for our family when we saw those positive uh, test results show on the COVID test all the big feelings of disappointment because you're like oh man that that means our, our next week our next fortnight is um if everything's everything's off everything's cancelled every, we're here at home again so there's some big disappointment especially for kids who've been looking after that, looking forward to things and do you let them yeah, get that off their chest Ali it's the old argument that yeah. you acknowledge first you don't come out with the solutions and then you know it'll be fine this will pass and we can do this we can do it next month instead you acknowledge yes. those emotions absolutely simply listening is so powerful and I know as a parent I feel overwhelmed when I'm faced with some of my big kids big feelings and their disappointments because I realize I can't fix it I can't solve it I can't I can't, uh, I feel like I can't help, but the reality is simply listening and hearing our kids, giving them a place for dialogue, to feel heard, actually is an incredibly powerful thing to offer them. And and that practicing of acceptance without fixing all the problems, it's actually really healthy. We're, we're modeling for our kids that um, resilience is, a, is sometimes about accepting the things we can't change and, and actually, um, and just being okay to sit with a few tough feelings like disappointment for a while and um and, and yet that leads to all, all sorts of powerful things like empathy and having more patience for the moment and um and connection connection really is a, a powerful antidote for those disappointment feelings what about the routine when someone's sick someone's not sick as you say events have been cancelled uh, do we need still need a structure to the day through this week or weeks yeah this is an interesting one we found that kid, we find that kids do really thrive in a in a sense of structure and with a, there's some shape to the day. They know what to expect. They do really um, benefit from having some structure, even if all their regular routines have obviously been thrown out the window. So having some structure and some predictability to the day does really help. That can be around meal times. So meal times remain fairly consistent, and maybe we all sit down at the table still and and. Um, have a little bit of ceremony around the meal time, or uh, we're all home together, so we might as well. Um, things like those getting up in the morning routines, they remained fairly consistent. Similar to the bedtime routine, there's consistency and predictability there. That that really helps our kids. But then things are going to be completely different as well. Schoolwork, obviously, it's going to look different. Um, finding ways to sort of adjust some of the normal things of life to um, a new to new parameters. So now we're at home. I know for my kids, um, 
one daughter just got straight in the garage to do her dance practice in there because for her that's really important having that rhythm of practice for the for the activity that she so passionately loves and when she couldn't go to class she she made a way to still have that as a part of her day and I could see that really helped her um mentally and emotionally um so yeah having some ideas around and available to our kids so they can they can pick up okay this is something I could do with this part of the day um and yeah, obviously the day is going to look different to a normal day, but there is going to be some reliable and predictable aspects to it that can really help. Keeping up that connection is important. And it's not necessarily inside the house. It might be using technology to contact others outside the house. And you really emphasise staying in touch with your wider family, your wider whānau. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting for our teenagers and even a lot of our tweens, they've really got that digital connection down. They they totally know how to do that. And and it's so important for our teenagers to have those peer relationships strong and uh, keeping in touch. They will they will likely take care of that on their on their own. But interesting for our little for our younger kids, um, helping them stay connected, um, they might they might need some um, support there to to reach out to a friend or to maybe send a text message to their teacher or or help them write an email or um, FaceTiming grandparents, all of those kinds of things can help our, our younger kids as well because um, the self-isolation thing, it's interesting, it, it feels different to the lockdowns that we've all gone through as a community. So there was a moment, those moments where we were in lockdown all together and there was a sense of solidarity in that. When, when families go into self-isolation because of, COVID case or other sickness it's just that it's isolating because you can see everyone else outside the window going about their fairly normal lives yet you're not so helping um helping our kids yeah stay connected in in whatever way um is meaningful to them um what is your your take on schoolwork is it entirely whether it's beneficial or not from the perspective of boredom and you know having something to do is is it are you suggesting that we should shove schoolwork on the back burner or, um, uh, or or perhaps that it might be useful in some instances, but with, as we said, yeah. lowered expectations. Yeah, yeah, all of those things. I, I think in every child is different. And um, so you know your own kids, you know them the best. And I, I, even with our three, I noticed very different responses to schoolwork. The youngest was keen as anything to get in touch with her teacher and get some schoolwork so she had something to do. Whereas the older two, uh, yeah, not not so much. Uh, but I've noticed the schools are really gracious about it. They're definitely encouraging kids to... Um, if they're sick and, and and well, they need to look after themselves. Look, you know, look after that first, and the schoolwork definitely goes on the back burner. Um, I was talking to our older ones who were at high school, you know, about the the fact that if they didn't keep up um, to us, if they didn't do some schoolwork, they didn't do anything. They were going to be faced with perhaps a big catch up um, later on, which you, you want to sort of help your kids prepare for that and not be faced with a massive workload um, if they get really behind. But um, Definitely just letting your sort of seeing what's what motivates your particular child, their personality, what um, what drives them. And it doesn't need to take all day. I think that's the other learning from home from home learning. Um, what they can get through some of the work that's being prescribed to them by their teachers much quicker at home um, than than they sometimes would in a classroom setting. So um Maybe it's the morning when everyone's fresh that you do a bit of move through a bit of schoolwork and then in the afternoon take on a different sort of project because 
mean, the other great thing we learned in lockdown was there's so much learning to be done just in, in home, everyday home kind of life. Making that sourdough bread that we're all sick of talking about, but, but those sort of things. There's lots of opportunities for learning um, just in the everyday. Yeah. What about uh, conflict when things get tense and someone's, you know, uh, going off the deep end? How do we manage in an extraordinary situation? Oh, yeah, great point. And it, it, it's it's going to happen, right? We're all um, experiencing a little bit of cabin fever. No one's got any space and uh, no, one's getting, no one's getting a break from each other, which what general normal life allows us. Um, we've, we're really encouraging parents to, um, to consider the parenting mini break, uh, where you just actually, as a parent, have to step aside and um, take a moment, catch your breath, gain some perspective, because um, bumping into our kids' big feelings all day, every day, um, can be really triggering for us as parents when we're trying to manage it some of our big feelings. So um, being aware, being really self-aware that, oh, I'm feeling pretty tense right now. I'm feeling pretty close to breaking point. What can I do to calm myself down? And, and it, they're simple things like stepping outside, um, going to the to the letterbox, um, emptying the compost, those little uh, deliberate things that get us out of a tense situation with our kids, um, get us some fresh air, get us a moment to cool down um, and help us take on our kids' perspective. And, and this is this is really key, I think. It's this, this notion of reflective parenting, actually asking ourselves what is going on for our, for our kids right now. Their feelings, experiences, thoughts are, are different from ours. So um, stepping into their shoes, so to speak, and thinking, well, what could be going on for them helps us to choose a response that, that meets our kids' needs rather than a, a reactionary um, response, which I know myself as a parent, reaction, it, it happens, right? We, we, our kids are pushing our buttons and we can get quite reactionary. Um, but yeah, I want to parent more from that calm, um, kind place. And that, that requires me to look after myself and to address um, my own big feelings and to um, have, a, have a break, catch my breath, take some deep breaths, and then get curious. What's going on here for my, for my child? What might they be feeling right now? Um, it requires us to be the big person, which is hard work, which takes me back to where we started. We need to be looking after ourselves so that we can, um, yeah, put on those big people shoes. Thank you, Ellie. Ellie Gwillem with The Parenting Place.